to our Father and how our heart cry to the Father should be dynamic. It should change the way we think. We're freed from thinking about self because the Father is thinking of us. Therefore, I can think of others. And I don't have to be self-centered. It changes the way we live. I'm free to give because he provides my daily bread. I'm free to forgive because he has forgiven me. And I'm free to live boldly, as I just talked about, because he protects us and leads us not into temptation. And then it changes the way we pray. And I hope that's beginning to happen for you, if it hasn't already, that we can pray with boldness because we can enter the Father's presence with great confidence. And we can pray with tenderness because we know that He is our dearest Father. And when a baby cries, the, the father responds and cares and, and ministers and provides. But we can also pray with a holiness, out of deep reverence, because he's our father, but he is in heaven. Well, this morning we're going to study the first of the six petitions. And so uh, I just want to remind you of the six petitions. They begin with his glory the first three, and then they move to our good. And so we're going to look at these first three. So let me give you, uh, if you see in your notes, the focus on these first three. And so uh, take a look. Your name be holy, your kingdom come, your will be done. The fact that those are the first three petitions reminds us every day when we pray this way, your glory is our priority. That's the point of this. Your glory is our priority. Your name be holy. So the family name will spread. The fame of your name. Your kingdom come. So the family business will succeed. Your will be done. So the family likeness will shine. In fact, here in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says that let your works, uh, let them see your works so that they will glorify your Father in heaven. Well, that happens when we say your will be done. And so the question that these first three petitions remind us is this. Are we taking care of business? Okay, I can't, I can't help get my 80s. A little rock thing in there. But I thought about that. And I said, are we taking care of business? Because that's what we do when we pray these three petitions. BTO. Bachman, Turner, Overdrive. Taking care of. Okay, let's go. Let's go. All right. Now, I do want to tell you that on this last one, your will be done on earth. I'm imparting to the next generation. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, I believe, goes with each one of these. Your name be holy on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So all three of those are attached to on earth as it is in heaven. I think you'll see that uh, this morning. So here's the question. Who comes first in your prayers? Who comes first in your prayers? I mean, honestly, stop And think about that for a moment. Who comes first? Who's at the top of your prayer list? Something to think about. Is it you and your needs? Is it your family and their needs? Is it the lost and their needs? Is it thankfulness for your salvation? Is it praise and worship of God the Father? 
Who comes first in your prayers and mine reveals what we value. It reveals our priorities and it reveals our values in life. So here's another question. Who comes first in Jesus' prayer list? Have you ever thought about that? Who comes first in Jesus? And sadly, I think most Christians would say, well, us or me. (laughs) He cares about me. So much of Christianity is taught in that individualistic manner. Many of the songs we sing are in that uh, individualistic manner. And yet, it would be cool to look at Jesus' prayer journal. But in fact, we can. The the Lord's Prayer is Jesus' prayer journal. So if you want to know what is first on Jesus' prayer list, it's this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so that's what today's lesson is on. Our heart cry for holiness begins with a heart cry for his name to be holy on earth as it is in heaven. And I agree with the great Bible expositor Martin Lloyd-Jones. If you want to read a great, it's not really, it's his sermons. And it's, a, it's really devotional. The Sermon on the Mount comes in two volumes. So, uh, But if you want to read something that will bless your soul, read Martin Lloyd-Jones on the Sermon on the Mount. And here's what he says regarding these phrases, these petitions. It's almost impossible to study and explain them adequately. They're so short, but they're so poignant. They're so profound, and they're so packed with truth. But here's what I know. You've got to first understand what each petition means, how it applies in your life, and then how to pray it to the Father. And so this morning we're going to look at three questions regarding hallowed be your name. What's in a name? How does God make his name holy? And how can we pray this to the Father like the Son? So let's take a look at it. What's in a name? What is it about his name? Uh, What are we talking about here? The first thing I want you to see that's what's in a name, our Father's heavenly character. Our Father's heavenly character is in His name. Name and character always go together in the Bible. In fact, they go together in life. You don't even have to be a Christian to know that. Your character is made up of who you are and what you do on a consistent basis, especially when no one is looking. That's your character. That's my character. That's who we really are when no one is looking. And therefore, our greatest prayer, our greatest priority in prayer is the character of our Father. His character is who He is and what He does. It's who he is and what he does. So take a look at that. Who he is is his greatness, his attributes, his character. What he does is his goodness, his actions. And you trace his actions back to his attributes. That's how you figure out. So just don't thank God for a promotion. Trace it back to his attributes of being a provider, of being... Uh, one who cares for your family. 
always trace it back. C.S. Lewis said that the good gifts of this life are like rays of a sunbeam that you trace the ray back to its source, which is the sun. And that's what we are to do in this prayer. God's character is who he is and what he does. Biblical prayer almost always begins with praising God for who he is and what he has done. Not our needs, not our requests. And let me show you this from Exodus 15, Exodus 15, verse 11. Moses and the children of Israel understood very clearly that when they sang their song of deliverance after crossing the Red Sea, there was this great act of God. But they traced it back to who he was. And here's what they say in Exodus 15, 11. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you? Glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. Man, just what would your day be like if you began your prayer each day just repeating that back to God? To pray like the Son to the Father is to recount God's heavenly character. We need to know who God the Father is as revealed in the Bible. Not our own opinion, not our own ideas. We need to know what God has done in the past, what he's doing in the present, and what he has yet to do. And truly, the Lord's Prayer tells us much of that. Uh, If you knew nothing more than the Lord's Prayer, you would know much of what he has done, what he is doing, and what he is yet to do. This means that we need to make a lifelong commitment to studying God and his character and his nature. Studying who he is. And that means reading your Bible and looking for God's character in whatever you're reading. What does this passage tell me about who God is? What does this passage tell me about what God is doing? Very basic, but if you do it for a lifelong time. This means then when we say, holy be your name, it's not meaningless repetition. It's meaningful meditation on who God is. That's the point of that. So let's take a look at it. There's more to it, though, than just God's heavenly character. It's also our Father's earthly reputation. So His character is holy in heaven, but what about His reputation here on earth? You hear someone's name being mentioned, and you immediately associate their character with that name. So let's test that. George Washington. (laughs) Character. Character. Yeah, honesty, right? Honesty, leader, leadership, right? Founding of our father. Uh, Abe Lincoln. Honesty. Uh, yeah, honesty and, and moral courage, right? Conviction when, when everybody's against you and the country's being torn about. Okay, let's try two more. Donald Trump, Joe Biden. Okay, you get the point. Okay, we won't <laughs> pursue that. Uh, and, and I'm equal opportunity. Bad character, okay? But think about this. What, what's going on? You, the Ukraine president, what do you think? Fighter. Yeah, courage, courage. right? And, 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 and then the president of Russia. Okay, so you have all these different... But think in terms of character and what your name... Now, we can all, you know, it's easy to throw out other people's names. And we seem in, in our class here to be very quick on knowing that about others. Now the question is, when people hear your name, What do they think? What's the character? And that's something you have to ask. 
you can't assume because usually we puff ourselves up. What's the difference between character and reputation? Character is who you are and what you do. Reputation is what others think or say about who you are and what you do. So our greatest priority in prayer is the reputation of our Father. What others think and say about who He is and what He does. So His character is secure in heaven. But His reputation, sadly, on earth is often profaned as people uh, take His name in vain. As people think about him and make him in their own image and say God is this way, God is that way, and he's, he's nothing like that at all. So this is how it connects. Uh, in, God's, in heaven, God's character is glorious in holiness. On earth, his reputation is often less than what it should be. So we only have two choices before us here on earth, and this begins today and especially tomorrow at work. Either we make his name holy or we make his name profane. Either we spread the fame of his name or we defame his name with our attitudes, our actions, and how we interact. Either we make his reputation more holy or we make his reputation more unholy here on earth. Let me give you an illustration. Israel, during the Babylonian captivity, their sin had defamed the name of God. Furthermore, the Gentile, unbelieving, idolatrous nations then took them into captivity, even further defaming the name of God. And so here's what Ezekiel 36, 20, here's what God says about that. Ezekiel 36, 20. When they came to the nations, that is the exiled, imprisoned, shamed, chained, shaved heads of the captives. When they came to the nations, wherever they went, they profaned my holy name. When they said of them, these are the people of the Lord. And yet they have gone out of his land. In other words, their God was so weak. So pitiful, he could not protect them, secure them, and make them safe. But, God says, I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations wherever they went. Verse 22, therefore say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act. But for my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you went, I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, that I am the I am, declares the Lord I am, when I prove myself holy among you in their sight. Ezekiel 39, 7 says this, So I will make my name, my, I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them profane my holy name anymore. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. When will that day come? Thy kingdom come, 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There will be a day when his name will be profaned no more. And we as God's people will sin no more. And the glory of God will fill the kingdom and the new creation. And hallowed will be his name. Now, God can't make his name more holy than it already is in heaven. Okay, so we're not asking God become more holy because he's as holy as he can be and he is secure in heaven. What we're asking is that his reputation would become more holy here on earth. Okay, and we have a major role to play in that. So if we're to pray... To the Father, like the Son, we need to make the Father's reputation on earth our number one concern in how we pray, which then impacts how we live. And so that's the idea. So here's the application. What's the number one priority in life? What's the number one concern in life? What's the number one lifestyle focus in our lives? What is it? In the words of the prayer. Yeah, it's the holiness of God. The holiness of God. And that we should reflect that holiness. It's a sad commentary on where Christianity is in our country. I saw a pastor, and I try not to pick on these guys, especially in teaching like this, but it shocked me. Uh, a pastor who has been taught the Bible, who came from our kind of background, like our church, and who listed five requests to pray for the Ukraines. I said, well, that's good because I always need help, you know, in praying. And, and it's a pastor, and I know this guy. This is going to be helpful. And I read five requests, five requests, not a mention of Christ, not a mention of his kingdom, not a mention of the gospel, not a request for evangelization, nothing like the prayer that Dane just prayed for us. And that's shocking. Okay, so that's someone else, but is that us? Let's, let's let not that be us, amen? Let's learn how to pray for God's name to be holy because there's one thing to pray. The number one thing that Christ wants us to pray about the global situation right now is right here that his reputation would be made more holy. And I don't always know what that means. You don't always know what that means. But he does, right? And you know what? As you pray it to him, he'll show you what it means. And he'll enlarge your prayers regarding that. So that's kind of cool. I I, I think that's, that's neat. Listen, his priority, God's priority in our lives is not to make us safe, secure, and satisfied. I think the Ukrainian Christians know that right now. His number one priority is not to make us safe, secure, and satisfied. Yet often our prayers are focused on those three things. But rather to make us holy. But here's the good news. That he knows that in his holiness we will be safe secure and satisfied in his holiness. Are you with me? God knows what is our greatest joy. He knows what is our greatest need, and it's holy living. Holy living. 
Be holy as I am holy. So we're, we're either helping or hindering his priority on a daily basis. So what's in a name? His heavenly character, his earthly reputation, and thirdly, our Father's perfect holiness. Our Father's perfect holiness. God's name is the sum of all his attributes. It's who he is. And his name is holy. It is unique. It is completely perfect. It is set apart. His character is like no other. Israel said it. Said it. Who is like our God? And the answer is no one. No one. Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen. For thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy. I dwell on high, and and I dwell on a high and holy place, and also with the contrite. And lowly of spirit in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Now think about this. My name is high and holy, but because it's high and holy, I can stoop low to the humble and the contrite. Isn't that beautiful? Our Father who is in heaven, you have his transcendence. High and holy, and you have his eminence, can reach to the lowly and the broken. That's the kind of God we have. We have a thrice holy God. Holy, holy, holy. Holy in his character. Holy in his reputation. Holy in his perfection. This is who he is. His name is glorious. So, let's quickly look at what makes up the holiness of of God's name. Why is it unique? So what I have found in praying with God's people and trying to equip them and train them to pray in this way, beginning with who God is and what he has done, we always default to thanking him for something he's done. We always default that way. Lord, I just thank you that you're in control in Ukraine. Well, that's true. But that doesn't begin with who he is. Are you with me? And you don't begin with who he is unless you know his attributes. So I'm going to give you six attributes that if nothing else, you could always begin praying these six. Okay? You say, well, Chris, I I know far more. Great. Use them. But many of us don't. So let's take a look at him. First of all, his name is holy in its eternal existence. His name is holy in his eternal existence. Exodus 3 13 through 14. Here's what it says in your Bibles. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am. Basically, he is. God, God, we just thank you that you are. Uh, Revelation says it this way. The one who was, who is, and who is to come. Unchanging, always there, always who he is. So we can pray that my daddy is greater than your daddy. That's what we can say. We can say that our God is greater. Number two, sovereign freedom. 
When you think of God, you should think of his sovereign freedom. We find this, turn your Bibles, Exodus 33, 19. Exodus 33, 19. Again, God is, del- is revealing his character to Moses and the people of Israel. Exodus 33, 19 says this. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And so we're on the edge of our seats, and we're like, what's his character? What's he going to reveal? Who is God? I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Now, we look at the gracious and compassion and get excited about his grace, but we forget, he says, on whom I will. Because what's going on in the context? Israel has sinned horribly, and God is... a rightfully about to torch them Moses says no you've got to forgive them and God says time out I don't have to do anything now we're going to see that he is gracious but he doesn't have to be gracious according to what we want and what we think is gracious God's sovereign freedom is huge on this. At the heart of God's name is the reality of sovereign freedom. He makes his choices on the basis of his own infinite wisdom, not our finite reasoning. Can we say thank God for that? It's hard in the midst of hard times, but the reality, would you like God, think about your past and how you've reasoned and what you thought was best, are you, would, do you wish God had run your life up to this point according to what you thought was best? No. It would have been horrible. And it would be horrible in the future. And it's horrible right now if he was running it. But as you look back and you say, oh, man, he's so much more wiser than me. He was so much more gracious than me. He, he knew what he was doing. Now, there, uh, granted, in this room, there are question marks about, I still don't know about this that happened. I still don't know why he let this happen. I still don't know why this uh, relationship is unreconciled at this time. We have those, but we can look at the past and know that in the future, it will be shown that he was wise and he was sovereign and he was good. So... Sovereign freedom. We can say, my daddy is wiser than your daddy. My God is wiser than your God. Number three, his name is holy in its infinite power. His infinite power. You're in Exodus. Turn to Exodus 6.3. Exodus 6.3. Notice what it says in Exodus 6.3. These would be great verses to be marked in your Bible. To show God's character. Exodus 6.3 says, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as what? God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, I am, I was not known to them. But yet, God's character is almighty. Not only does he exist in sovereign freedom, but he also has infinite power. Wow. Not only does he exercise free choice in the universe, but no one can stop or hinder him from doing what he has willed or what he has chosen. And that's good news 
for the world, bad news for someone like the president of Russia who is thinking, I'm running this war. And it's it, and it should humble the people of Ukrainian who think, I can defend our nation. No, he has infinite power. And therefore, that's why many of the Ukrainian Christians are praying, because they know God can bring down the proud, and he can exalt the humble. So we can say, my daddy is stronger than your daddy. Number four, his name is holy and it's merciful compassion. We're still in Exodus. Turn to Exodus 34. Exodus 34, 5 through 7. Exodus 34, 5 through 7. The greatest revelation of God's character. In fact, it was recorded again in the book of Joel. We saw it two weeks ago. It's always the character that it goes back to. Notice what it says, Exodus 34, 5. The Lord descended in a cloud, glory cloud. He stood there with him as he called upon the name of the Lord, the I Am. And then the I Am passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The I Am, the I Am God. And here comes the character piled on top of one after another. Compassionate and gracious slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. It's just piled up, merciful compassion. And yet, don't forget, yet, he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. God's holy and sin has consequences. But before he gets to his judgment, he piles on the compassion. Did you see that? Look at his character qualities there. I, I, I didn't add it up, but I'd say three-fourths of them focus on his mercy and not his judgment. So when you think about God, do you think more about his judgment or his mercy? And when you look at other people in their sin, do you think more about God's mercy or about his judgment? God's making a point about his character. He is merciful compassion. He has merciful compassion. So we can say, our daddy is more gracious than your daddy. Our God is more gracious than any God. Number five, loyal jealousy. Number five, loyal jealousy. Still in Exodus. Exodus 34, 14. Exodus 34, 14. Look at that in your Bibles. Notice what it says. 34, 14 says this. For you shall worship no other God for the Lord. Now, do you see why? First of all, why would you worship any other God? Who is like our God, eternal in existence, sovereign freedom, infinite power, merciful compassion. But notice, he says this, whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. God the Father created us, he redeemed us to love and enjoy him. And he feels a holy indignation when our hearts are lured away to love and enjoy other people and other things. You know why? Because he needs People fawning after him. Does someone who is this need anyone else? No. You know why? He knows what's best for us. 
And he's like, you're my people. And I care for you. And I love you. And I know what's best for you. And what's best for you is to find your satisfaction in me. Therefore, I'm jealous when anything takes your attention away from me. This is why coming to church is so important. Are you hearing this in the workplace? Chris, I always talk to Chris about work. This ain't the workplace, is it? No. But that's what Chris brings to the workplace. That's what you and I should bring to the workplace. Listen, God is jealous, and the place you find this is in his word, among his people, and getting teaching from God's word. Finally, so we can say, my daddy is more loyal than your daddy. My God will never forsake me. And then his name is holy in number six, final judgment. Final judgment. Revelation 21.6 says this, it's done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. And it also says in the last chapters of Revelation that who doesn't get the water of life gets the lake of fire. So he will either be your fountain of life or your lake of fire because he has final judgment. So we can say, my daddy is more holy than your daddy. So what's in a name? What's in a name? That's in the name. This is where our prayers should begin. This is where we should look. So, number two, how does God make his name holy on earth as it is in heaven? How does he do this? Well, two things I want you to see. What does hallowed mean? Uh, Today, we don't think of holiness, we think of Halloween. (laughs) Okay, let's be honest. Hallowed, it's an older name. I chose to keep that because it makes us stop and think. And so how does God make his name holy? First of all, hallowed or holy means to be sanctified or to make sanctified. It means to be set apart, to be set apart. That's all holy, sanctified. It means to be set apart. God is holy because he's set apart and no one is like him. Who is like you, O God? Jesus tells us, To pray, let your name be sanctified. Let it be set apart. And so here's what I want you to see. When God sanctifies us, it means that he makes us holy. When we sanctify God, it means we treat him as holy. So understand that. When God makes us holy or sanctifies us, it means that he makes us holy. Holy through the gospel, through believing the gospel. Christ's holiness is given to us. We give him our sinfulness. He gives us his holiness. When we sanctify God, though, we treat him as holy, as holy as he really is. So when we pray, hallowed be your name, here's what we pray. Cause your name to be treated as holy. Cause your name to be treated as holy. So you might want to write that in the margin of the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be your name means cause your name to be treated as holy. 
So here's what I want you to see, and this is kind of a big revelation that came from my restudying this prayer. Holy be your name on earth as in heaven is not merely a declaration, but also a petition. Not merely. So the first point was declaring God's holiness. Prayer is, it's great to begin. Declare God's holiness. But it's not merely a declaration. It's also a petition. Cause your name to be treated as holy on this earth. And boy, do we need that. Amen. Yeah, we need that. We need that at work. Okay, what's that mean? How does God do this? Well, let me give you three. Let me give you four, four basic ways. And you can look up these verses. But here, here's the idea. Cause your word to be trusted. Cause your word to be trusted. Moses was told to strike, uh, speak to the rock to cause it to bring forth water. But Moses was angry. He, got, he was impatient. He was frustrated. And so instead of speaking to the rock, what did he do? He struck it. And because he did that, he never entered the promised land. Why? Because he didn't treat God's name as holy by simply trusting God's word. But it won't work. And you know what's bad about Moses? It had worked before. And everyone in this room knows God's word can be trusted. And yet everyone in this room, today or tomorrow, will be tempted to not trust his word. And when we don't trust his word, his name is not made holy. Number two, second, cause your wrath to be feared. Cause your wrath or your disapproval to be feared. How do we treat God's name as holy? You hollow him by not fearing what men fear, but fearing God. Say, so you know what? We're placed in a situation, and what will my boss think? What will my kids say? What will other people think? And we begin to fear man instead of fearing God. But if his name is holy, we will fear his disapproval more than the disapproval of others. Number three, cause your will to be obeyed. So cause your word to be trusted, cause your wrath to be feared, cause your will to be obeyed. Here's what Leviticus 22:31 says, Therefore you shall keep my commandments and perform them. I am the Lord. You shall not profane my holy name, for I will be hallowed among the children of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. How do you make his name holy? The third petition, your will be done. Your will be done. Number four, Cause your worthiness to be glorified. Cause your worthiness to be glorified. In Leviticus 10, the context is two of the sons of Aaron decide to worship God in a whole unholy manner and fire comes down from heaven and destroys them. Just boom, total toast. 
Leviticus 10.3 says this, Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what God spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people, I must be glorified. We should cause his worthiness to be glorified. So how do we do this? How do we pray this, okay? How do we pray it? Hopefully you've picked up hints along the way. But let's look at the third point. How can we pray to the Father like the Son? How can we pray to the Father, holy be your name, like the Son did? Well, here's what I want you to see. Holy be your name on earth as it is in heaven is not merely a petition. It's also a dedication. Now, this is big. This was something new that I learned studying this is why you keep coming back you keep studying things that you know we haven't tapped into everything so here's the deal not only is hallowed be your name not merely a declaration but it's a petition cause your name to be holy but it's not merely just a petition it's you and i dedicating ourselves to live holy every one of the prayers is a a commitment. Holy be your name, therefore I commit I will be holy. Your kingdom come, therefore I commit to advancing your kingdom. Your will be done, therefore I commit to doing your will. So here's three things. Praise the Father's heavenly character. Holy be your name. Praise it. Declare it. Look at those attributes. Two, pray for the Father's earthly reputation. Cause your name to be holy on earth. In this Ukrainian war, in this unbelievable situation in my life, cause your name to be holy on earth as it is in heaven. And then third, pursue the Father's perfect holiness. Pursue the Father's perfect holiness. Our Father who is in heaven, make me more holy here on earth as you are in heaven. So here's what I encourage you to do right there on your table. Pick up one of these handouts and ask yourself, how is my heart cry for his holiness? And review the lesson. Write out what God taught you this morning. Chris, you mean he taught me something? That was my prayer. (laughs) That's what was my hope. Write down what it was. And then on the back, follow the guide. Now, ideally, you can follow the Lord's Prayer and pray through holiness. Do you realize you can take holiness and pray through the Lord's Prayer? Give us this daily bread. Give Give us our daily holiness that we need for this day. Forgive us for not being holy. And then, Lord, deliver it. I mean, you can just go through the whole prayer and focus on the holiness of God's name. Is that just good stuff? Hey, even us pastors get it messed up sometimes, and we can lead people astray. When you pray for this situation in Ukraine and these situations in your life, make sure the requests are focused on God. And on seeing people come to God. Because you know what? You can't make his name holy 
unless you accept Christ as Savior. And you are not holy until you receive Christ's holiness, and that only comes through hearing the gospel. Okay? People are talking. People are are sharing. People are concerned. I've been burdened. This has bothered me this week. This is no small historical precedent that has taken place in our world. And dominoes can fall, but they don't fall by chance because we have a Father in heaven. And so let us put our trust... You know what someone said, and I'll say this upstairs and then we'll end. I, I saw another pastor saying this, that... What, what we see, even in the secular media, the Ukrainian Christians doing is they're singing loudly together. They're praying much together. And third, they are trusting God together. So that's why we're here this morning. No bombs fallen yet. But what are we here to do? Sing loudly together. Pray much together grow groups tonight and trust God together. Let's go to Him in prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, we thank You that You are holy in all Your attributes. We're thankful that Your holiness doesn't change. You always have been, You always are, You always will be. And we're thankful, Lord, that you will cause your name, your reputation to be holy. And one day, the glory of your holiness will fill the earth. That day is not here yet. And so we pray in our own lives that we will help your reputation tomorrow at work, uh, wherever we go, whoever we see, that we will help and not hinder the furthering of your reputation for you are worthy because you are holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.